why fish don't get cancer. That is a great clickbait title of a podcast, isn't it? And don't worry, I'm going to deliver the goods behind the clickbait title. I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to explain why they don't get cancer. You're going to find this pretty fascinating and this will be perhaps one of those uh, scientific factoids that you can drop when you're at a uh, at a cocktail party. Next, it'll make you seem really smart. I promise. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. And this is my book review of a really great short book I read. It was by my friend Mark Sloan there in Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. (laughs) And the title of the book was Bath Balms and Balneothelium. Therapy, and you might be saying balneotherapy. What the heck is that? I had never heard of this word before, so I said, "Well, I better read this book." And this book is all about the science of water's healing properties, which is something I didn't know much about previously. Okay, like I said, I'd never heard of balneotherapy, so I'll quote from the book and clue you in. The word bath comes from the Latin word balneum, and using baths therapeutically to treat disease is called balneotherapy. Balneotherapy is an ancient and traditional form of therapy in which people bathe in warm, mineral-rich, and sometimes carbonated spring water for the treatment of disease. Most people will be surprised to hear that prior to the 1940s, when Western medicine was reduced to the use of knives and prescription drugs, carbon dioxide baths and simulated carbon dioxide baths were central to the treatment of many conditions. Author of the world's leading medical physiology textbook, Dr. Arthur C. Guten once said, all chronic pain, suffering, and disease are caused by a lack of oxygen at the cell level. Wow, that's a tall claim, isn't it? And then I also have a quote from John Harvey Kellogg, and he said, water is without a doubt the most ancient of all remedial agents for disease. And here's why. Balneotherapy is fundamentally a metabolism hack. Quote, immersing the body in cold or hot water can quickly change body temperature, which alters cellular metabolism in important ways. And here's why. Carbon dioxide is the key. Without carbon dioxide, your cells can't use oxygen. CO2 is so central to a healthy metabolism that rather than a waste product, scientist Kyle Mamounis has called carbon dioxide 
the product of cellular metabolism. What are the physiological and biochemical differences between a person who is healthy and a person with disease? After collecting data from hundreds of different patients over the course of many years, Buteyko made what was undoubtedly the most revolutionary discovery in the history of medicine. And here it is. All people suffering from chronic diseases are deficient in carbon dioxide. By adding baking soda, sodium bicarbonate powder, to your bath, you are essentially adding salt bound to carbon dioxide. By adding some kind of acid along with it, the bicarbonate ions will be converted into carbonic acid, which is rapidly absorbed by the body. And the book delves into the cancer metabolism connection. Quote, in the 1930s, Dr. Otto Warburg showed that cancer cells were simply cells that lost their ability to utilize oxygen. Cancer is a disease of impaired cellular respiration. And if you're saying, whoa, 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 man, there's no way that, that cancer is that is that simple. I'll suggest, strongly suggest, especially if you're interested in cancer, if you're interested in avoiding it, I'll suggest that you check out the review I did and the interview I did with Mark Sloan. And he did a book called The Cancer Industry, Crimes, Conspiracy, and the Death of My Mother. And his work, he's done some very rigorous work, and it revolves around validating something that you've probably suspected if you're a critically thinking kind of person, which is that basically you have this gigantic industry worth hundreds of billions of dollars of treating cancer. You have uh, billions and billions of dollars that are on an annual basis sent to scientists and researchers so that they can continue to uh, continue to research the science of cancer. And so, of course, this is, this is a uh, eight-figure, nine-figure, ten-figure uh, gravy train of money going to all these powerful people. Of course, they're not going to cure cancer. These people don't want to, they don't want the money to end, right? That's just practice a little bit of common sense about, about human nature. And his book validated, validated all of that. And that's why, that's why I am curious. I'm interested in solutions to cellular metabolism, like uh, sodium bicarbonate, like balneotherapy. Moving on. On the healing properties of natural springs. Quote, Some hot springs in the world are naturally carbonated with tiny bubbles of carbon dioxide, like a soda pop. The carbon dioxide present in certain springs and baths is most likely the most beneficial ingredient in all of balneotherapy. While crude minerals absorbed in baths or hot springs are considered inorganic because they're from rock and have never participated in life. 
some sources have claimed that inorganic minerals are treated by the body like toxins and that they cannot bring life to cells. But evidence from thousands of years of balneotherapy use as well as modern scientific research both shatter this myth. In fact, mineral water or mud treatments had better and longer improvements in pain, function, quality of life, clinical parameters, and others than non-mineral mud and tap water bath treatments. The study reports. There we have it. Dissolved inorganic minerals in bath water can be absorbed and utilized by the body just like organic minerals can. And he also writes, I like this part, quote, the vital, colorful, and often exotic atmosphere of Bulgarian spas inspires the visitors to understand the folklore and experience the hospitality of the warm-hearted Bulgarian people. And that was a quote from a Dr. Snezhenya Veselevya. And I think uh, that, that one might have been inspired because uh, Mark has talked to my Bulgarian wife, and she is indeed very warm-hearted. And so this, of course, makes me want to seek out a hot spring here, and I'd urge you to do the same. I link to a Wikipedia article that goes through a bunch of different continents and countries and all of the natural hot springs that are that are abundant, that uh, burst forth from the earth in innumerable locations. And don't, don't you want to get out of your house and go spend a little bit of time in nature? I'd urge you to, yeah, find, find a hot spring and then, you know, make a weekend trip out of uh, getting out there and uh, taping, taking, a, taking a dip and enjoying some of, that, uh, some of that abundant carbon dioxide on offer. Another cool thing that I didn't know about is Gerol Steiner. Okay, Gerol Steiner, have you ever heard of this? Have you ever seen Gerol Steiner water? on uh, store shelves where you shop. Quote from the book, one of my absolute favorite types of mineral water that we have on shelves at grocery stores in my home province of Ontario, Canada is called Gerolsteiner. I have no affiliation with them. I just love their water and recommend you try it. If you're living in Germany, It'll probably seem like I'm preaching to the choir here, since according to their website, this naturally carbonated and mineral-rich beverage, which bubbles up through volcanic rock, is Germany's volcanic Eiffel region and is one of Germany's most drunk mineral waters and the number one brand of sparkling mineral water in the world. A one liter bottle of this water is said to contain one third of your daily calcium requirement and one fourth of your daily magnesium requirement. Wow, that is a mineral rich, mineral rich water. 
as science historian Emily Pauly wrote, in sipping a glass of ginger ale, seltzer water, or perrier, we are participating in a centuries-old tradition of therapy. Yeah, so I actually have got an Amazon link here if you want to try Gerald Steiner water. I have not tried it yet because I couldn't find it in the grocery stores here, unfortunately. But checking it out on Amazon, and apparently this is like the the Mercedes-Benz of water, according to Mark Sloan. And on Amazon, you can get a pack of 15 bottles. And I think that's the glass bottles because glass bottles are important, as I'm sure you know. And that is 25 ounces, 15 bottles for $34. So that's really not that bad of a price for like some really high quality water. So do, do go check that out. Okay. And I'm going to move on to mention thermometers. That's right. You've got a thermometer somewhere, right? Somewhere uh, floating around in some drawer in your house full of uh, bits and bobs, as the English say. Thermometers, the book explains, are indispensable self-quantification tools. Quote, the ideal body temperature is around 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Having a temperature of 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or slightly above throughout the day is one of the most accurate indicators of a high metabolic rate. Measuring your temperature just before a meal and then again 30 minutes after is a good way to determine if your body is effectively digesting and assimilating those nutrients. If your body temperature has increased, it means the nutrients in the foods you ate are being absorbed and utilized metabolically. If your temperature has dropped, the meal has a negative effect on your metabolic rate. The key to remember here is that your metabolic rate will drop in direct proportion to a reduction in your core body temperature. Wow, that's fascinating, isn't it? And that's a super affordable and easy biohack for figuring out how your metabolism is doing after eating different things. So I would urge you to get a thermometer and just take your temperature before and after meals. If you're a real geek, do a bit of quantification with this. Do some journaling of your meals and then just kind of keeping track of your body temperature and some subjective measures of of how you feel. Funny story... I had to take my temperature and I got, I, I asked my family here in Bulgaria if they had a, a temperature uh, thermometer that I could use. And they were like, oh yeah, we've got an old one here in the, here in the drawer with all sorts of other dusty ancient stuff. And they handed me over one of those, uh, one of those, uh, those risky temperature thermometers the glass ones that break easily, that are full of mercury that can kill you. 
and I uh, took my temperature with it. Uh, I didn't stick it in my mouth. I stuck it underneath my uh, armpit. And then I was looking at the back of the temperature of the thermometer and it said on the back of it, made in DPKR. And I was like, oh, whoa, this was made in North Korea, which sort of makes sense. I think it was probably like a 20, 25 year old uh, thermometer, maybe even older than that when this was a communist country. So it would make sense that they're getting their thermometers imported from another communist country. Fun, fun fact. Okay. And we're finally here moving towards the, uh, moving towards the title of this podcast, which is about fish and why they don't get cancer. Quote, Murray learned that cancer and cancerous tumors were rarely found in ocean life. Murray found no traces of cancer, heart disease, or other degenerative diseases in any of the ocean life he dissected. One of the remarkable conclusions of his research was that biological aging does not occur in sea life. Wow, that's a bold claim, isn't it? Perhaps the most remarkable aspect of his discovery was that all of the minerals and trace elements contained within seawater were in the exact proportions required in the blood of all biological life. Whoa, that is a mind-blowing line. Let me repeat it. Perhaps the most remarkable, dis- remarkable aspect of his discovery was that all of the minerals and trace elements contained within seawater were in the exact proportions required in the blood of all biological life. So it's starting to make sense why fish don't get cancer, is that they are getting all of the nutrients that they need in the exact proportions needed from the water that they're swimming in all the time. And that's one of those things where you can either say to yourself, like, wow, this is amazing. You know, the creator created this, this amazing world for us that, uh, that, that suits all of our needs. Or perhaps you want to say like, okay, well, that makes sense within evolution. We evolved in the ocean and then emerged from it. So it would make sense that our biology requires all of these different minerals in the proportions to which they be present in the seawater. Either way that you look at it, it's, it's pretty fascinating and it should make you want to go swimming in the sea more. Moving on, we'll talk about the psoriasis cure, which is the Dead Sea there in Israel. Quote, 192 patients with psoriasis who had been sent to the Dead Sea, Israel, for a four-week treatment of sun exposure and bathing were studied by Danish scientists from Bispit... Oh my gosh, they got a hospital here with this crazy Danish name that I'm not going to pronounce. It's in Copenhagen in uh, 1996. After four weeks of therapy, 73% of the patients were completely or almost completely healed. And 20% of the 163 patients were significantly 
improved. And the benefits lasted one, two, three months. So that's sort of good news for people with psoriasis, right? That it seemed to uh, cure and heal a lot of them, but it was maybe a temporary thing. So unless you live in Israel, it might be a good reason to do some tourism in Israel. And then you could try to recreate the Dead Sea there in your bathtub. Moving on, we'll talk about bath hacks. Okay, quote, CO2 baths can be created at home by adding minerals like sodium bicarbonate and an acid to convert the ions of bicarbonate into carbon dioxide gas and also by directly adding carbon dioxide from a compressed CO2 cylinder. Water temperature inside a carbon dioxide bath should be around 90 degrees Fahrenheit and not exceed 95 degrees Fahrenheit. So you'd want to use your waterproof thermometer for that. By hopping into your bathtub and dissolving a bath bomb beside you, boom, you will obtain all the performance-enhancing CO2 you need without having to force foul tasting powder down your throat. So yeah, like a lot of people will take sodium bicarbonate in a supplemental form, but it's, uh, yeah, it's powder. I mean, like, do you really want to, uh, do you really want to be swallowing more, more powder as a biohacker? I, I do enough of that already. I, I'd much rather, uh, enjoy a bath and just, uh, absorb it via osmosis into my body. Next interesting thing he mentions is methylene blue. You guys have probably heard of that because I did a video about it a while back. Quote, methylene blue is often used in fish tanks to keep fish healthy, but it's healthy for humans too. It works similarly to red light therapy by add a, by photo disassociating Photo disassociating, that is a new word for me. Photo disassociating nitric oxide bound to a critical respiratory enzyme within the mitochondria of your cells called cytochrome C oxidase. All that scientific mumbo jumbo is to say that methylene blue is a safe yet powerful enhancer of cellular metabolism. Next quote. The medicine, the medicinal yet inexpensive blue dye known as methylene blue is a great addition to the bathtub to color it with a beautiful blue while fortifying your water with another safe and potent metabolic medicine. And all you bath lovers seeking more beautiful skin will be happy to hear that methylene blue has an anti-aging effect on the skin. A 2017 study in the journal Nature called methylene blue a traditional mitochondrial targeting antioxidant which improved skin viability, promoted wound healing, and increased skin hydration and dermis thickness. 
Methylene blue is safe for long-term use and did not cause irritation even at high concentrations. And I've got a funny story to conclude this with. Methylene blue, as, as it's described here, it's a mitochondrial nootropic. And so I tried it a while back. I made a video of me trying this stuff and it makes me look like I cannibalized a smurf. My mouth, my tongue, my teeth have never been as blue as they were after I took methylene blue. You can go and watch that, uh, that video. I think you'll find it sort of amusing. Okay, a few final takeaways from the book here. Make sure your water is 90 degrees Fahrenheit and add the following ingredients. One to two pounds of ocean minerals, one to two pounds of Epsom salts, one or more bath bombs, uh, carbon dioxide gas, one to 10 drops of essential oil, and between one to 50 drops of methylene blue. And I gotta wonder about the methylene blue. It's a powerful staining dye. And it would probably, I'm gonna guess, it's probably gonna stain your bathtub. So like, be prepared to have a bluish bathtub doing that. But the, the mitochondrial anti-aging benefits are gonna make it more than worth it, certainly. And then add one to two pounds of ocean minerals to your bath, one to two pounds of Dead Sea salts or Epsom salts to create the ultimate mineral profile in your baths at home. Epsom salts are available at most pharmacies and yet most people walk by not knowing their body is screaming for the minerals contained in those bags of salt. Anyone looking for clean bath bombs will be happy to know that many great companies on the market today are producing organic bath bombs. They're great if you don't have the time to make your own bath bombs, and uh, they're, they also make for really great gifts, as you can imagine. You know, sometimes it's hard to get friends and family members into all the health stuff, so just give them a gift and then tell them a little bit about it, and your friends will will use it, they'll enjoy it, and then they'll be enticed, and you can, you can red pill them a bit more on the health and biohacking stuff. So next birthday or holiday, buy someone you love this book, Bath Bombs and Balneotherapy, and a bath bomb or two, and then watch their eyes light up. That's the suggestion. And then I do link to the resources page over there on Mark's website, where he has some recommended sources on bath bombs. So in conclusion, I personally always thought that bath bombs, I was aware of them. My mother had some of them when I was a kid. I always thought they were like a silly, girly thing for, you know, just for, for indulgent ladies that wanted to make their, their baths smell better. But now I'm very interested in dropping one in the next bath that I take. So I recommend checking out this book. There was actually a lot of things that I didn't get to in this podcast. There's a lot of cool factoids about the 
the healing properties of water. So I would suggest reading the book. It was it was pretty short. You could knock it out in uh, maybe one or two one or two sits. The uh, the author's previous titles were really dense and they were kind of morbid on the subject of of cancer. But this one was a, a lighter, more pragmatic read. So I do hope that you check that out. I hope that you try the the bath bombs. You know, if you got a bath. Like go and hit up a uh, Amazon or hit up a uh, whatever little whatever little home accessories store is nearby you and get some bath bombs and then try taking a bath and just relaxing and chilling. I mean, if anything, it'll if anything, it'll just be a, a nice way to end a a long day, right? So those are some of my thoughts on balneotherapy. Oh, I also wanted to do share a story, share a personal anecdote. It was last year. I did not have psoriasis, but I had a skin rash. I had this persistent skin rash going on. It was kind of on my neck. It was kind of on my back, kind of an, an, in the arm, you know, in that whole, that whole area. I had this rash, and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that ugly. It would itch just a little bit, just a little bit, but it really wasn't that big of a problem. And I tried all these things to get rid of it. I tried all of these, uh, I, I tried eliminating different things. Like I went off of the um, the delicious uh, goat yogurt that I enjoy so much. I went off of nicotine. I went off of alcohol. I think I went off of bread. I did this, this uh, elimination process and nothing really helped getting rid of that stupid rash. You know what helped? Going to the seaside and swimming every day. That made a difference. It was, uh, it was gone after about a week of that. So I can personally attest to the, the medicinal power of the, the water. So if you need any further excuse to take a uh, well-deserved vacation somewhere sunny on the seaside, this is it, guys and gals. I'm Jonathan with a Limitless Mindset, looking forward to a continued conversation with you.